0: the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team
1: what's up everybody welcome to another Tar for breakfast hope everyone had a a pretty good easter weekend i know it was different different for everyone um, and so with that today i got a special for you i'm gonna talk to joe girardi yeah that's right the manager of your philadelphia phillies coming up with me right here next on Pine Tar for breakfast.
0: In the air to left field, going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Francis sends everybody home. Balls in. Coming Coming down.
1: What up and welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. We got ourselves a special guest today and special meeting because uh, we've had been very fortunate to talk to Joe Girardi throughout this spring training up until the the point that it was canceled. Um, And I mean, this guy is phenomenal. You talk about a leader. This guy walks into the room. You know who the adult is there, and that—that that to me is a, a special quality. Uh, someone that I absolutely enjoyed every moment I got a chance to talk baseball with. It wasn't just about the Phillies; it was just the game. And uh, we're in for something. And it just—it I, I think that's part of the frustration for me. Um, not only is it just you know not having baseball around, but being around people like Joe Girardi, being around a baseball man that takes into account people's emotions the beauty of the game the analytics of the game just everything and and for me being a being being stunned of that right now uh it sucks oh man it sucks but with that being said i gotta bring on world champion manager now your philadelphia phillies joe girardi
2: joe what's up buddy I'm pretty good, Kevin. Um, you know, after being home for a month, we've all kind of figured out our routines and how we, you know, tackle each day. So uh, I, I'm doing okay.
1: See, I think that's the biggest thing. It, you could say that about many, either athletes, you could say that about many people is routine and trying to come home, trying to get back to things. It's like you're you're going right back into the off season all over again. Uh, how long did it take you to find that routine?
2: you know, it took me probably about 10 days to find out exactly how it was going to work out because everything closed pretty quickly down here in South Florida. Um, All the gyms and and everything that I would do. So it took me about 10 days, but I've been on about the same, you know, schedule for the last 20 days. And it's a lot of rebounding and uh, me and my wife work out. And Working out outside again, which I haven't done for a long time because I don't really like the heat a whole lot, but um, (laughs) figured out how to do that and uh, just really keep ourselves busy and, you know, just spend a lot of time together as a family.
1: Well, I I think there's so many things that we could go on. And one thing that I've learned about you in our short time, uh, but it's been phenomenal, has been your family. Like, you are all about your family. And that's. I'm never going to say there's a positive about this whole thing. But if there was, if we're looking towards it, it's, it's you know, getting closer and, and acclimated to certain things that, you know, family members do throughout a season that you miss. Um, what's the one thing that you've been able to uh, uh, appreciate even more, not take for granted? Because I don't say they think you take things for granted with family. But, I mean, if there's one thing that you're, you're just like, wow, because you've had it for two years, right, and being off from baseball, but you're right back into it.
2: We've been able to have more family dinners because there's there's less for our kids to do. I mean, there's no games. So my son, you know, he's a senior, so I'm getting to enjoy the time with him before he goes away to college. But, you know, he doesn't have games and he's not getting home at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. My daughter has doesn't have basketball practice. <laughs> so we've been able to have more family dinners. I've uh, learned how to make a, new, a few new dishes, a couple different new chickens, uh, made Nutella pizza, um, I like to cook, so I made a lasagna. so I mean, I, I, i've in, I've enjoyed that and gotten to do more of it because we have to. All
1: right, so we're gonna get into your cooking, but I gotta ask, I mean, with your son and his senior year, uh, from the parent side, I think there's one thing that we've like kind of missed out on and and I think Scott Van Pelt, you know from ESPN has done just an awesome job at highlighting the seniors, whether it's college or, or high school, people that are getting, you know, having to miss certain, you know, events, uh, certain Mm -hmm. seasons, it it could be the biggest thing. How, how's he dealing with this? Because I mean, it's a senior year is always huge, but not to have the ending part and especially the baseball part, how has he been able to deal with it? How are you been able to deal with it with, with, you know, with him?
2: Yeah, I I would say that Kim and I, my wife, have been pleasantly surprised on how he's handled it. And and maybe part of it has been the experiences that he's already had in high school Hmm. baseball. Um, In in Florida, they take the final four teams to state, so they get a chance to play in the state tournament. He's been three years already, and they've won it once. So, you know, he's got the experience of winning. Um, He's got the experience playing on really good high school teams. And, and playing with his buddies, so I, I think he's handled it pretty well. I know he was really looking forward to this year and trying to make a run at one more championship, yeah. but that's not going to happen. But at least he got a chance to do it, and because of that, I think he's handled it okay.
1: And, and that's so crazy because I go back. I'm like, man, I got my I, I signed my scholarship with San Jose State the last weekend of of the college season in 2000. So that was like May 18th, May 19th, my brother's birthday. Um, and it took all the way through. We had six, seven guys on our team signed division one scholarships. And I was the last one and not to have that, the, the opportunity that that's so, like, just I like, keep thinking coming back to is those guys that don't have that opportunity to sign or the, you know, if they didn't put up enough numbers throughout the season to get that opportunity uh, to see your son's perspective. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And, and I think, Kevin, one thing's changed in baseball. Most kids were probably pretty much signed. I mm-hmm. mean, unless they're going to a small school and that's probably not going to change a whole lot. It's, I, I was thinking like I signed June yeah, my senior year and, and got a scholarship. And I'm thinking they don't have scholarships for kids in 2021 already. They've recruited <laughs> that far out. yeah. And I signed you know, three months before I was going to school. So it, it the world has changed a lot. Where it's going to be interesting, I think, for a lot of kids that go on to play is with allowing that extra year of scholarship, what does that do, you yeah. know, and increasing the roster? That's going to be tricky for a little bit, for kids for a little while. But, I mean, it's a tough situation for kids because for some of these kids, it would have been the last year that they played. and I And I really feel for them that they're missing that.
1: Oh, no doubt. And, you know, you and I share a, a love for college football and, and, and just the college sports in general. And I was thinking, San Jose State's supposed to play Penn State this year in uh, in Happy Valley, and, and for me, that was going to be the best thing. But then I think about, okay, so you bring up the situation of these guys having to, to you know, get an extra year, the, the scholarships that are coming in, the money. Well, San Jose State's one of those, those programs that, like, uses a, a Penn State with the, the 1.5 yeah. or whatever they get to – you know, get this. And now I'm going, Oh my gosh, how are they going to be able to supply all the money and and scholarships for all these players? And it's just, it's a headache that I, I'm glad I don't have to deal with.
2: Well, it's going to be tough on a lot of these colleges having to deal with that. I mean, wasn't your San Jose state really good in basketball this year too?
1: Uh, The women's team was they're okay. San Diego, San Diego state was the men's team and I don't like them.
2: Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) <laughs> but you think about them and if they could have made a run what that would have meant Oof. for that university you yeah. know and the money that, i mean this is this is going to hurt people in a lot of ways for for many years to come and we're just going to have to deal with it and pull together as a country yeah it, it'll again this is not
1: something that it'll be fun but it's going to be fun to see people and and we've already seen how communities have come together banded together and do all that well it's going to be in 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 colleges how they band together it's going to be in in sports in general but in the professional sports i am excited to see where we come from you know how we build ourselves back up
2: well i think it's really important that you use the words that we stick together that we do stick together Mm -hmm. we stick together as a country and help each other out and the people that are more blessed we help out more i mean i think that's the important thing as we go through this. And, uh, cause a lot of people are hurting. I mean, a lot of people are wondering where their next meal is coming from, Yeah, you know, and, and kids that were being fed at school, they're wondering. So it's important that we continue to give back and help those people. Well,
1: uh, one thing that you can give back to the people is, uh, recipes. Um, you are an avid <laughs> cooker. You, as you've talked about times, you brought it up earlier today, but, uh, What's the one thing that you have changed, maybe not as far as your cooking, but one thing maybe you've learned about your cooking in this one month of, of hiatus and, and and quarantine?
2: Well, my my kids, I've really worked on pizza. The, the kids have loved pizza. So I, I make pizza almost once a week. And what I learned was that I could make a Nutella pizza. And uh, it's, it's, it's really simple. I mean, it's not hard to do, but you have to cook the crust a little bit uh, before and then you put the Nutella on and it, the, the kids have really fallen in love with it and I even ate a little bit which is not something <laughs> I do I don't eat a lot of dessert but it is really good I have to my kids know good food they they know what tastes good
1: and Italian food obviously and you said you had a lasagna so the question is how much meat do you put in your lasagnas
2: a lot a yeah. lot so the sauce I had made uh, previous and, and it was frozen so I do three layers. I do some of it has ricotta, some of it doesn't. Some of it has, like I put salami on it Ooh. Um, with with sausage and uh, beef, you know, in the sauce. Yeah. But I also put salami on for a little bit of taste, or a pepperoni, because I like that, and that's the way my dad made it. Oh, that's I've never even heard that. That that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. It, it, it was really good, and I'm gonna have a piece for lunch. I, I I like leftovers, so I'm having a piece for lunch. So I've been big.
1: I, I, I like to cook. My wife's a good cook too. Uh, I've learned how to make my own pasta, so I think you would appreciate wow. that. But I haven't yeah. done. I want to do lasagna with my own, with my own noodles, my own sheets on this whole thing. I make a five pound meat lasagna. It's, that's wow, my I that's my bread it. and butter.
2: Yeah, I, when when I when I prepared to put the tray in the oven i said to my wife i said feel how heavy this is you know i couldn't believe how heavy the pan was and we were laughing so and i also like to cook it and let it sit oh yeah and then reheat it because i feel like it bonds together better
1: yeah see i'm a i'm a big fan of you cook it the day before put it in the fridge make sure that it stays tight because if you get the, the the fresh the really good you know right out of right out of the oven you've made it that day everything breaks apart you want everything right. to stay kind of like a, a, a good look,
2: right there. Yeah, the cheese is too the cheese is too melty, you know. So <laughs> it, it kind of it runs all over the place. So I agree it's got it's got to sit for the time being.
1: Are there uh, are there shows that you've been watching or games? Have you watched a bunch of games like old games? I watch old games.
2: Like I've seen Alabama uh, play Michigan like six times, seven times. <laughs> In the bowl game? Yeah. I've seen that a lot. I've seen the national championship a couple of times. And you forget that, you know, LSU really struggled in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, you forget that because you you remember the final score and how they dominated. But, I mean, they struggled in the beginning. Um, And then Joe Burrow and LSU figured it out. And, again, they were unstoppable.
1: That's the best part about sports is, like, just watching a team, the process, right? Like, you see the process yeah. of LSU, like, oh, man, this isn't happening. But you could see the chess match going. And then the next thing you know, it's like once it clicked, they're like, okay, there we go, checkmate.
2: One of my other favorite days was an MLB. They had Carlton Fist Day. Mm-hmm. So they had the 75 game, the World Series, game six. They had his, the, the first game that he played for the Chicago White Sox was against the Red Sox. Because I used to train with Carlton, and uh, I had that I had that blessing. So to watch his day was was kind of fun uh, on TV. So I mean, I, we watch old sporting events, um, ones that we don't remember the score. My wife has tennis on all the time, and uh, she jokes with me. You know, when I watch a game for the fourth time, uh, do you know who won the game? Did the score change? I'm like, <laughs> yes, I know who won.
1: Oh, it's like it, it's like watching Top
2: Gun all over again. Goose always dies. We watched that the other night. Goose always my dies. And I, yeah, and 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 we and we've gotten into Hallmark movies a little bit. Okay, too. my wife has gotten us into some Hallmark movies. She said they always have good innings, so it's a good thing to watch this time. Again.
1: <laughs> well, I love that. No, I mean it's it's crazy because like, have you ever asked? And I don't even know if uh, are you a Goodwill Hunting fan? The movie Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams talking about the Carlton Fisk, you know, just that that whole scene, right? He's at the bar and, and, and meeting his wife. Uh, have you ever asked him, like, what's that like having Robin Williams describe your, you know what I mean? Because he was so yeah. into it. I'm going,
2: yes! Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's an amazing movie. Um, and actually, one of the actors was in my fraternity. If you remember uh, where he says to the guy, how about them apples? Yeah. Yeah, that, that man that he said that was in my fraternity. The guy uh, with the long hair? Yes. Oh, that's there, even better. Yes.
1: Oh, when are you going to regurgitate wood for me, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've i seen that a few times and I enjoy that scene.
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I could go back on that movie and watch that one scene talking with Robin Williams and Carlton Fisk because it's just Robin yes. Williams and – Anything that he did when you know he was uh, alive, I, I I felt like he was beyond special. We all knew that. I met him once, uh, Yankees. I think I've told you this. The Yankees, uh, Giants, 07. He was in. Uh, he was there with Billy Crystal, and I got to they meet did him. The and I was lineups. Like, I was like, Mister Williams, can I, um, can I, can I get a picture? He goes, Mister Friends, and I was like, Oh, wait, what? I, I like for thirty minutes was just like in awe, just going. The guy knew my name. Probably read my jersey, but that's it.
2: So, if if you can get a tape of that game. We did that game on Fox that day. I did that game. Yeah. Nate Sherold's walk-off. And they actually did the lineups for us. So, they wow. were pre-taped. And it was really cool. So, oh. Billy Crystal did the Yankees. Yep. And Robin Williams did the Giants. It was really cool.
1: Yeah. The, the Robin Williams in my picture is still in my parents' fridge from that day. It's still one of those where I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is... I don't know. He's
2: special. Such a talented yep. man, for yep. sure. Uh,
1: another talented man, Sebastian Maniscalco, uh We we've, oh. we've talked about, and I, yes, I I've told you he he reminds me so much of you. <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm like,
2: Oh, Joe Girardi, he's on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've kind of fallen in love with him as as a family. We think he's quite entertaining, and he's it, usually fairly fairly uh, clean, and, oh, and yeah. you can watch most of it. So he's. You know, I I mean, what we love is he comes from an Italian family, and there's so many things that, that, like, we remember as kids, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, when he talks about life experiences, like going to Chipotle, the life experience of going to Chipotle, I mean, it's, we go all the time, and it just, it cracks me up, so... That's kind of – we fell in love with him, and he's got a lot of different skits that we love, and we just listen to him.
1: Well, just the way he's able to pronunciate, like, B's and P's, like, Uber. Yes. You know, you got you want to go to an Uber? You
2: take an Uber?
1: and yeah, you're pretty good at this. You're well, I watch him this. plenty because he just – he brings a smile to my face every time.
2: Yeah, and, and the thing is you can watch his skits over and over because his – his actions yes. make you laugh too. It's just not his words. Yeah, it's the way he presents it that makes you laugh as well.
1: Who's he like? Like I've always like tried to think like who's he most like as far as a comedian because it is the actions. The actions are huge with him.
2: You know, I I really can't compare him to anyone um, because I don't necessarily watch a lot of comedians. Yeah, but he is someone that I can sit and watch all day.
1: Yeah. Well, there's something that uh, we could certainly sit and watch all day, and that was your your Phillies team this year. I'm going to transition yeah. to that because I, I felt like um, I had Joe Dillon on last Friday or Saturday, uh, and and I think it was something very similar that I could talk to you about. And with him, you know, coming over new this year, uh, you yourself being new uh, and having 20 games, 14-5-1, and one, you guys are playing great, and then it stops. And I'm not talking about, like, just, you know, what's – just – to have the, the new experience with all these guys and then to have it suddenly just stop really, really abruptly, what's that been like?
2: You know, it's been strange because you felt like you were building relationships, you're building trust, you're, you're understanding, you know, who your players are and what they're capable of doing. And they're just getting to the point where they're kind of getting ready to compete. You think about the spots we had in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And- some of the extra men and you're starting to see them play really well and then it Mm stops. and 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 we're going to have to make some of these decisions on a much shorter period of time and it's going to be tricky about where they're at compared to where they were at after those 20 games and and because i don't think we're going to have a ton of games when we come back i i think it will be a pretty expedited spring training because we want to get games going so we're going to have some tough decisions and we're going to have to kind of rely on what we saw a couple of months prior, but also on their track record. And it's it's just going to be some strange decisions. So from that point, it was disappointing, um, yeah. really disappointing. But, you know, I've kept in touch. You know, I call groups of of players. Um, you know every you know 10 days or so just to check in every 15 days check in on how they're doing their workouts are doing I'll call the infielders one day the outfielders and do that sort of thing and most of our guys are seem to be handling this pretty well and are finding things to do and you know they're doing things at their house but you just you know you're used to being in a way right now you're used to you know being in a season and to have that interrupted when I thought we had some momentum going, you know, it was somewhat disappointing, but it's life and we'll have to handle it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, there's, man, there's so many things you could talk about on it, but never really as a manager do you get excited about uh, spring training records and anything. But I think you and I, 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 I talked to you after a Minnesota game in, in Fort Myers and I said, Hey, you know, something about yesterday and it was uh, Ollie Castillo, right? He he was backing up a, a base, uh, Mickey Moniak through, uh, on, on an errant throw, he's already backing up in right field, fires a ball to second base, short ops the guy, and, and Castillo was back behind uh, the shortstop. I think it was Gamboa at the time who picked it, but he was just sitting there because he was already in place. And it was like just those things that made this record of 14-5-1, where I, I, I keep on saying the record because I'm like, there's there's so many little things that you guys did right and well that was translating. And it's like, dang it like this that that stuff's going to translate to the season
2: yeah I you know I thought our defense was excellent I thought our base running was excellent Mm -hmm. there was a game early on in Lakeland that we should have lost but we won because of our base running Mm -hmm. and Detroit's base running was bad and those things do translate so I gave a lot of you know I give a lot of credit to our coaching staff for that but also it was the kids in the minor leagues that were playing extremely well so you give credit to our developmental system um the way they're preparing these guys to be able to play the game the right way and those things do translate you know base running wins games for you there is no doubt about defense and backing up and being in the right spot throwing to the right base wins games for you it's not just about who pitches best and who hits best a lot of times it's the little things and we were doing those things and that's why we were winning a lot of games
1: and it's funny because I mean, you did the playoffs this year on Fox or FS1 with uh, AJ Pierzynski, and I think a couple times you guys talked about that. It's like, look, you're going to mash your way through with some really good teams, but when it comes to the playoffs, it is the little things that matter. It is, the, you know, moving a guy over. It is, you know, just just catching the ball and throwing the ball, getting outs. Uh, it, were you able to slow that down in in your mind in spring training this year and be like? This is everything that I was witnessing and talking about in the big games. We're doing it right here in spring training.
2: Well, I I didn't really think about it in comparison to the big games. I think about it, that's the way you're supposed to play the game. (laughs) You know, I mean, do the little things right, because Mm -hmm. it's the little things that are going to win a lot of games when they're really tight. You know, whether you're able to hit that sack fly with the infield in, or you're able to take that extra base when you should because you ran hard out of the box. I thought our effort in our base running I, again was was tremendous. and though th- those things led to a lot of wins for us. and I, and the other thing that is I was impressed by the young players that were coming up and playing in games for us. you mm-hmm. know they either kept the lead or, or got the lead late in games to help us win games. and that's a testament to them. and I think our system is deeper than people give us we get credit for. And I think that is going to help us during the course of the season as well.
1: So, I mean, it, you could go in spring training and say that wins and all that stuff, but like with these young guys and, and them playing together and they win together. I mean, Reading was, you know, really good last year. Do you think that translates to the big league level? If you, if those young guys are playing for winning teams, like the the player development side is huge, but the player development side to the winning player is also a, a part of it. Where do you see that, you know, playing a part of this whole thing?
2: Well, I I think when you have winning teams in the minor leagues, that means that your teams are talented. And that means that those guys are probably going to come up in pairs and triplets and and, and that sort of thing. And it is a group that has a bond. And I think those bonds are important because, as you know, I mean, this game is really hard and Mm -hmm. you're going to go through your tough times. So when you're going through those tough times, you have those guys that you can go through it with and you know that they're going to help you through it because you've done it in the minor leagues together. And I and I had a chance to witness that with you know when we had those young Yankee players coming up, how they pushed each other and fed off of each other and took care of each other, and all of a sudden they're a perennial playoff team. And I think I think it does translate.
1: What are those comparisons though? Like as far as like when you look at the talent, and I know everything's different. I'm not trying to say like oh you got to match up, but like every manager everybody that leads teams they have these things that flow through their mind a a look of like what they want and you had a certain look with the yankees the way you guys went about things you had veterans that were really good well you do here and you know are there similarities that you see that you like you know more than anything but with 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 everything in this organization
2: well what i was really pleased with was the work ethic Hmm. how prepared our guys were so you know, I think about things that you ask players to do. Be on time. Mm-hmm. Be physically and mentally ready to play. And play hard. Those, those, you know, and so if you're physically and mentally prepared, that means you're doing your work in both areas. You're, you know, you're doing your ground balls. You're, you're taking your BP the right way. You're doing all those things. You're making sure you train right. You're making sure that you sleep right, that you eat right. If you're mentally prepared, you're studying what pitchers do to you or how to get hitters out. And I was really impressed how prepared our guys were mentally and physically on a daily basis. And those are the th- other things that help you win games. Talent is, is, is the thing that every team needs to be successful. Yeah. But if you don't play the game the right way and if you're not prepared, it will definitely show up on a daily basis. But our guys were doing that, and that was really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. And I I mean, calling those games, being at almost every single one of the games, and watching the way they went about their business, I was like, "Yep, that that's that, that's a good start." And it look it it comes down to like you have JT, you have Bryce, you have Reese. I mean, you could go on and on, Didi, and all these guys. But those like, let's say those three uh, that were significant parts of what was here already. Uh, I the way they go about their business, the, the leadership that they show. I mean, that that's tremendous. Yeah. What, what's been the one thing from Bryce that you've noticed that you're just like, wow, you, from afar you didn't know ab- about him?
2: How he has a plan every day on how he needs to get ready to go. And the other thing is that I, I, I've learned about Bryce is I always knew that he played hard, mm-hmm. but it's a guy that maybe sometimes plays – you get concerned that he's playing too hard in, in a sense, like – early on in spring training he stole second and then he stole third Mm -hmm. and i and i look at dusty watson i said i'm putting the hold on he is not allowed to steal home right (laughs) but but i love that about him because he has such a passion for the game and he plays so hard and people are going to follow him just because of the way he plays the game i mean he's a leader just by the way he plays the game he doesn't even have to say a word if he doesn't want to just follow what he does. Follow what JT does. How prepared they are, and Aaron Nola, Jake Arietta. There are so a uh, Hector Neris. There are so. I mean, I would come to the ballpark a lot of times about seven in the morning, and Hector Neris was already working out in the gym or running on the field. And, and I'm thinking, okay, we don't need to be dressed till ten thirty. What? Do you, you know, I want guys to sleep, but yeah. they they were very regimented in what they did, and they were very prepared, and that's why they're successful. it's no, a it's great example. To-
1: you, you could go to, uh, you know, Hector Neris and, and, and see him like on, you know, he could be running before the lights are on and you know, it's him because the smile, I mean, that smile yeah. is the brightest thing ever. And I love it.
2: And he's got his cup of coffee that I think that he's <laughs> brought from home that he's made and he's got it in his container and it's always right next to him.
1: Ugh. Like, that's a, that's, that's what's disappointing for me is uh, seeing how guys were reacting with you. You're re- reacting to them as far as the relationships being built, and now it's like on a halt. And, yes, you've been talking yeah. to them, and I, and I get that whole thing, but it's still like that's what I miss. And I've told my wife that. I was like, what what, what Jojo already brings to this franchise right now is a sense of care, a sense of family, a sense of everyone matters. And it's on hold right now. And that's what bugs me is because you would see that on the field. You would see that love, that passion on the field.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that, and and to me, that's that's what it's all about, right? It's it's the the passion, the love that you show your players, and they understand they're more important to you as people than they are as players, because the playing is as great as it is. It's only going to last for a certain amount mm-hmm. of time. These guys are going to live their, their life is going to go on for a long time, and to me, their marriages and, their, and the relationships with their kids are extremely important, and and I want to be there for them and try to facilitate that and help that you know, to make sure that I'm not in the way of that relationship with their families getting better and better on a daily basis. So those things are important and I miss it. And I really look forward to getting back to it. And hopefully it'll be sooner than later for all of us.
1: A hey, quick question with you with, with how the pitchers are and, and how are they staying in shape? I, I mean, I'm not talking specifics, but like, what is the one thing that you're trying to make sure that they could do because of uh, the social distancing part, not being able to be around guys. And, you know, maybe Aaron Nolan might be the luckiest of them all because of Austin, his brother being a catcher. They could be together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brian has, has put a great place, a great plan in place for them that, that they adjust every two weeks. We kind of try to get a feel for what's going on. Not that we have a great feel cause we really don't, but you know, we're trying to follow the news of the world every day mm-hmm. and, You know for for a while it was catch and it was long toss and you know then eventually we'll have them start to get off the mounds and do some flat grounds and and do the best they can but i mean that's all we can really do but you know i look at it this way i almost feel like in a sense it's easier for a pitcher to get his work in than for a position player Mm -hmm. because for a position player parks and cages are closed all around Mm -hmm. it's not like you can get your outfield work or your infield work in anywhere because those are all closed so you could throw and you can lift some people that have gyms at home, but I think for them it's a little bit more tougher. I mean, when you think about it, for, for a pitcher, you really need a baseball and a wall that you can draw a box on. Yeah. That's, and you need to be able to play long toss, you know. so there, And you don't really need anyone to play long toss. You just need some baseballs. So I, I think everyone is handling it pretty well, like I said, and I think our pitchers are doing a pretty good job.
1: I was going in, in my mind, I had a, uh, I used to have a wiffle ball machine, but it was a little miniature golf ball machine that I had for yes. years. And I would take a broomstick and I would, that, that's what I would hit in the, in the garage with at my, at my condo. Uh,
2: <laughs> and
1: I'm like, that would be perfect right now. We need that. Yeah. But I mean, Hey,
2: I don't have, it. Who, who, who was it? Wilson Contreras who had that gun that shot those little balls. Oh Didn't yeah. Yeah. Yeah that looked pretty good probably you you get used to velocity and, yep and it's probably got some pretty nasty breaking balls not on purpose <laughs> but it just happens right yep. so it's probably like facing Aaron Nola every day
1: oh my god another another disappointing fact we don't get to see him every fifth day right now and that's like ah there's certain things well last thing before i let you go and i appreciate you coming on uh the podcast today uh Today is Greg Maddox Day. You brought up Carlton Fisk. I, I was laughing because I was like, man, I was going to ask you about Greg Maddox Day on, on MLB Network. They're going to show a bunch of his games. You you caught him. Uh, what Will you watch any of that, number one? And number two, what was it like to catch the, the guy that you just sat there and just put your glove up?
2: Uh, I will watch it now that you told me because I was not aware of that. But what I loved about him, was he was such a a fierce competitor and everything he did whether it was on the mound playing cards playing video games he was going to try to beat you at, at all costs that's who he was and he was a guy that would watch every team's bp because he felt like he could learn a lot about hitters from watching their bp where a lot of pitchers would be inside because you know, if the other team's hitting the, you know, the home team or whoever is, is inside, but he would sit out and watch your BP and he was willing to help everybody. I mean, he, I was a young catcher when I came up and he would say, okay, just follow me. If you don't know what to do, I'll call some of the pitches. And, uh, and he had such great command. I mean, that's what made him so impressive. And he was a little, little figure. You know, he was, he was not a huge guy, Mm -mm. but he was tough as Dale's and he did everything it was all about winning and protecting his teammates and uh he was awesome to be around
1: what i mean like you go on so many things was pace a part of it like he's like was he ever talking about like hey i want to go like i want to work as fast as i can within you know under control or is it just something that you just knew right away when you saw him you're like just okay put the fingers down watch for the sign that he's given whatever it may be let's go
2: yeah He never really talked about pace, Hmm. but I don't think he was a guy that wanted to shake. And he, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do at all times because he he was a guy that was always mentally prepared, physically prepared, and he executed. And he worried about the one pitch at a time and would execute it. And he was better than most people at executing, and that's why he's a Hall of Fame. So you know you didn't have to move your glove much he really didn't if he said he wanted it over here he was going to throw it over there i mean that's that's what he did so again i i considered myself blessed to be around him because i know that he helped me just by listening to him talk about how how to call games and, and what to do and he just really had a competitive spirit that I love to watch as well.
1: Well, you brought up at, at at the end of spring training, I think it was Port Charlotte, we were talking about it. And you said that you'd never you, you go back and you think about all the times that you caught Mariano Rivera and you never had to block a ball, right? Never. Which uh, which would you if you if you sit back and and you're in the squat and you're going, "Man, if there's one guy I could catch again, would it be Mariano?" Would it be Greg Maddox? Like, if you had to choose between those two, which one would it be?
2: Uh, it, it would be Mariano because I knew the game was almost over and I only had one <laughs> inning and about 10 pitches to go. <laughs> and I didn't have to think, really, right? You didn't yep. really have to think. I mean, yeah, you had to think about which side of the plate you want to go if, if, if you wanted to go up. But you didn't have to think about, do I throw a curveball here? Do I throw a cutter? Do I throw a changeup? You didn't have to think about that. Moe was simple. And in 10 pitches, you knew you were probably going inside, and the game was over. Oh, God.
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah, I faced him one time. I got a sinker. That was fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Mariano.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Where's that great cutter I've heard about for so many years?
1: Boach called me over. He said, hey, Ernie. He goes, hey, cutters, you know, obviously. And I'm like, okay, great. And he goes, by the way, he has a two-seamer. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to sit cutter first pitch blows me up right in the hands I'm like you gotta yeah. be kidding me with two seamer
2: he's he's another guy whose execution of his pitches was just almost flawless oh, yeah. and that's why he was able to do it for so long at such a high level and those guys don't come around every day when you get someone like him or Greg Maddox man they're a lot of fun to catch and I love it you got to be around both
1: of them you got to manage one of them I mean you just in general it's Joe I, I'm I'm speaking on behalf of myself okay right here and saying that it's been an pleasure just being able to talk to you throughout all spring training. I can't wait to get back to being able to talk more and I appreciate you coming on Tar for breakfast.
2: Well, Kevin, uh, I really enjoyed it and I look forward to hearing how your uh, lasagna turns out.
1: Oof. I'm going to take a picture and send it to you. Please do. <laughs> Joe Girardi, thank you. That was great. I mean, Joe Girardi is absolutely a leader. And when you listen to him, it's the soft-spoken side of of him and then he hits you with with some intensity and you're just like yeah yeah I want more I want more and right now us as Phillies fans as Phillies broadcasters Phillies players are sure enough missing that and I can't wait for him to be back on the field the Phillies will be back on the field at some point in time and him leading and watching the guys follow uh, a really 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 incredible manager. That's been another episode of Pie Tar for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Hit me up. Peace!
3: Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.